We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everybody, welcome back to the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It is Monday, March 28th. I'm here with my guy, Ryan Roberts. So you know what that means. It means we're talking some recruiting. It's Monday. I got Ryan, and we're talking some recruiting. And we've got some pretty big topics to discuss today. Uh, there's a pretty important player on campus today, which if you follow me on Twitter, or if you're a member of the message board, you've seen the pictures we had from that. I just happened to be on campus today and oh hey look a five-star quarterback so uh <clears throat> but he's not the only big time player that's been on campus the last 48 hours also Notre Dame hosted Keon Keeley this weekend and he was joined on campus by Drake Bowen another big time Notre Dame recruit so a lot of talent on campus this week for Notre Dame and we're going to talk about all of it Ryan and you know I think Ryan just kind of from a big picture standpoint I think the first thing that stands out to me is so Notre Dame's not playing minor league baseball anymore from a recruiting standpoint, right? Like it, it's that whole shopping down a different aisle bull crap uh, that, you know, I always despised. Yeah. Marcus, Marcus Freeman saying, yeah, we're shopping down a different aisle too. And it's the same one that Bama and Ohio state are shopping down. And if we want to be the best, that's the aisle we got to shop down and we got to have some success. And I mean, the, the, the talent that's been on campus the last 48 hours and where Notre Dame stands with each of those guys just tells you everything you know about what's different about the Marcus Freeman era, Marcus Freeman era from a recruiting standpoint. Yeah. I mean, like you said, man, we got Keon Keeley uh, during the spring practice. We had uh, Dante Moore in, in on campus today, obviously uh, got some coverage and great, some great photos already, Brian, what a great moment there, man. I mean the worst, rec- well, all right, let me rephrase the lowest ranked recruits for 2023. That's been on campus the last three days was Drake Bowen. Who's a top 40 caliber player. Like it's just kind of insane to think about, man. It's like, I- yeah, it's, Drake Bowen, the, talking about the yeah. guy that was a five-star until he committed to Notre Dame, right. that guy? Exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. yeah. It's 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 just really awesome to think about, man. And it's, again, we're changing ideology a little bit at Notre Dame right now, kind of how the recruiting strategy can be, but also they're not backing down, man. They're competing, and, and, and that gives you hope that even for guys that are – some of the premier recruits that they're still recruiting that maybe they're not in the, even in the best situation with right now that 
they're not going to stop. You right. know, like this isn't just the oh, right. okay, yeah. Uh, Dante Moore's from Michigan. We're we're not going to be on this one. Keon right. Kelly's from Florida. We, we we don't have a chance. Florida and my and uh, Alabama are still going to commit to recruit them. Right. Let's take our step back. There is a non no nonsense competitive fire right now in this recruiting uh, recruiting um, cycle and recruiting staff, and it is infectious, man. It's 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 awesome to be a part of right now. It is. And, you know, look, Notre Dame got on Keon Keeley before he was a big time recruit. Right. And we've seen this in the past. And then the kid blows up. And next thing you know, he's going somewhere else. And this staff hasn't backed down. And, and that's the big thing. And, and they've they've been aware, too. I think that's the other thing, too. you got to have some self-awareness if you're going to be really good at this. And I think the self-awareness is, look, if we're going to shop down this aisle, right, I'm going to use that phrase. If we're going to shop down this aisle of elite players, you have to understand that just because we made the purchase doesn't mean somebody's not going to try to mug us for our for our five-star player on the parking lot, right? You know what I mean? Like, that's still going to be the case, and you've got to keep recruiting, and this staff has not let its guard down. They they they, they recruit Keon Keeley like he's a like a committed player, but but not really committed. You know, what I mean is not that – it's not your typical committed kid, right? Like, where you know he's coming, and you say, hey, look, we love you. Just remember, you know, right now we've got to go get these other guys. They're, they're still on him like he's, you know, an uncommitted player, even though they, they talk to him and treat him like a committed player. The, the level of involvement is that of an uncommitted player. That's probably a better way of saying it. And that's a really, really, really important thing because, like, look, if Keon came out tomorrow and said, hey, look, I'm solid, I'm not going anywhere but Notre Dame, you still got to recruit him that way until he signs on the dotted line. And then it's like, hey, just a reminder, schools aren't allowed to contact you anymore because you know they're going to keep contacting him and they're going to keep top contacting his family or his coaches or his friends or whoever else. So it was good to get him up back on campus. The, the key for me now with Keon and, and just – you know, people on the message boards, you kind of already got this intel on Saturday night, but you know, obviously, Keon hasn't talked a lot uh, to the media lately. And we talked to Drake Bowen, Sean talked to Drake Bowen, because Drake just came back for one reason, Ryan, and that was to spend time with Keon Keeley. That was it. I mean, it was the only mm-hmm. reason on campus. Yeah. And he said, you know, obviously things went great, and you know, Keon continues to love Notre Dame and say all the right things about Notre Dame, and so that's a good sign. And and you know. I, our opinion, Ryan, on where mm-hmm. things stand with Keon and Notre Dame has not wavered. And and you've got to recruit him hard, but I, it, it's his situation and Peyton Bowen's situation, who we'll talk about next, are just, to me, a little bit – they're just different situations in my view. No, they, they absolutely are. And it was nice, I mean, Brian, just to see – Keon Keeley in short sleeve shirt. On oh, that was a boss too. move, man. It was snowing. Right? It was cold yeah. and snowing. And Keon's walking up with a, a tight tan Notre Dame shirt on with no, like, didn't he have like a sweatshirt like tight around his waist or something I, like I that? I think it was so like, at one okay. point. Yeah. Okay. You saw him on, we saw him at the sideline, obviously, dur- during the event. Yeah. And you were just kind of like, oh, okay, he's whatever. He's in short sleeves. Yeah. But then you see his picture that he posted of him walking around. And I'll tell you, I was in South Bend on Saturday. It was a little chilly, man, a little mm-hmm. nipply. You know, I was, uh, Made my, made my way quickly from the uh, from the parking lot to the. And you're a Jersey guy, so it's not exactly. like you're. Uh, yeah. You know, you're you're a little you're not soft when it comes to weather. You know, you're you're a little Absolutely. used to that. So yes, yes, I'm, I'm not I'm I'm pretty good when it comes to the cold. But seeing a, a five star defensive end out of the state of Florida coming up and you know just kind of exemplifying some parts of Notre Dame and I mean he was it certainly looked like he was having a great time and mm-hmm. hats off especially to Drake Bowen. Cause yeah. like you said, I mean, there was no reason for him. He comes all the time and he mm-hmm. loves it. And he said, it's, it's just family at this point. You know, he just mm-hmm. comes to just be there, but he made, he has made it an emphasis and people always ask who are the big recruiters of the committed players. 
Drake Bowen's maybe number mm-hmm. one right now of the players that are committed. I mean, he is active as anybody in this class as far as not only keeping guys in the class, but also like, let's go find some more elite players. Right. So great to see Drake Bowen so involved and so bought into Notre Dame because I mean, obviously he's a in-state kid and I'm sure, you know, he grew up, you know, obviously very, very, um, very educated on what Notre Dame stands for, what Notre Dame is, but still great to have those type of recruiters that are already a part of the class. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And look, let's be honest, it, it, it has more sway when a kid is a big time recruit like Drake Bowen is. I mean, it, 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 it's it's fine if it's you know three star kid, nobody knows who he is. That's fine. You know, he loves Notre Dame and that that has an impact. But when it when that kid is so bought into Notre Dame and he's a a kid that is, I mean, look, this is this is a big time guy too. When they both committed, Drake Bowen was ranked higher than Keon Keeley was, right? And so that stuff matters and that stuff really matters. And it was, it's why it was good to have like Josh Burnham on campus on almost every like big recruiting weekend last year, Nolan Ziegler. Like these are, these are guys that come with strong reputations, especially Josh Burnham, who was a higher ranked recruit and top hundred recruit, you know, where Nolan was a four star, but not like that big name guy. It's nice to have kids like that. So when you do have a big time kid and Blake Fisher was that way during his recruitment, obviously it got a little weird with COVID stuff, but like before all that happened, I mean, if there was a big event on campus, Drake, Bo- you know, Blake Fisher was around. And then when the COVID stuff hit, he was doing a lot of work behind the scenes. You got to have a guy like that. And Drake Bowen has become kind of become that early ringleader to this group. And, uh, you know, and now he's got to work on keeping the guy with the similar name, no relation, Peyton Bowen 
in the class. And I think that's the one right now. If, if there was a commit that I was a, a little bit more concerned about maybe than others, it'd be mm-hmm. Peyton Bowen. And yeah. and so we had some scoop on the board and we'll share it today, you know, because it has been on the message board for a couple of days now. If you're a member of the message board, you've seen this. But John Garcia Jr., who you all know, who's been on our show before, John is the director of recruiting at SIL American. And he had a chance to sit down and talk with Peyton a little bit this weekend. And, and now John, you know, the, the whole point of John talking to him was, look, don't tell him you're a Notre Dame guy because John's not. And don't tell him you're asking questions for me. I just want you to talk to him. And John's, you know, John's pretty good at this. And he, and so the takeaways were, look, he's definitely interested in other schools, which we know. Oklahoma and Texas A&M are his next two visits. And then he'll be back to Notre Dame for the spring game, which we know all of that as well. The takeaways that I took, Ryan, which actually made me feel a little bit better about the situation were, he said that a couple things. Number one is Peyton kept talking. Every time he'd start talking about a school, Peyton would be the one that would bring it back to Notre Dame. Again, John's an SI. I mean, he's got Sports Illustrated on his shirt. He doesn't have Irish Breakdown or Notre Dame. He's got Sports Illustrated because he doesn't work for me. I mean, we work with him. He's a national guy. And he said every every time I he said I John was like I would ask him about another school because that was the point of John's conversation. Like, let's get a read on how he thinks about these other schools. And he said every time he'd kind of get into that school and what he likes, he'd always bring it back to Notre Dame and always compare it to Notre Dame or bring or bring things back to Notre Dame. That, that was a good sign for me. And at the end of the conversation, you know, he said, you know, hey, you know, anything you'd like for people to know. And his response was and he John told me he said it like real excitedly. He's like, I'm a fighting Irish. That's how he left it with. So that actually made me feel a little bit better. Now, look, am I am I still super concerned about Oklahoma? Yeah, because that's the only school I'm really concerned about. I, if he doesn't flip to Oklahoma, he's not flipping, in my opinion. But, you know, that to me, Ryan, is is really where my my biggest concern is at this point in time. Yeah, it's been a really, really strange kind of series of events right because i remember when i when i first got hired and i first came aboard that i think he was the first player i talked to right because he just mm-hmm. he was just committing as i was kind of it was like yeah, right we knew he was going to commit right. right we knew he was going to commit and I, my first task was like hey dude get a hold of Absolutely. get a hold of, of peyton bowen yeah so i talked to him and obviously he was all irish at that point he's still all irish but we we went through a little bit of a lull where I, th- I think it was Brian Smith that saw him down right at, at a at a seven on seven event, and he had made a remark like I'm pretty fir- or pretty firm on Notre Dame, but then he started talking about all the visits he was taking and that he's interested in, and he made he kind of made it sound like you know I'm I'm still I'm still making the process and I'm still making my decision I'm still doing my homework on schools type of thing. So it was really funny because obviously everybody makes a big deal about about Keon Keeley taking visits, but that was known. We knew that he was going to be taking visits. Peyton Bowen, on the other hand, was a different animal. Like you didn't know too much about it. And then he seemed very interested, obviously, in in uh, you know just taking visits in general. And then Oklahoma specifically, especially with Jackson Arnold committing there, who was his high school teammate at at um Denton Geyer, it's a little, you know, unsettling to you know to a degree. And he, we know that when you have a player who is a top 50 recruit and upside of a five-star recruit, they're going to keep getting recruited. Like there's no, there's no, there's no doubt about that, but he was the player for me. And I know that you share this, uh, this sentiment, Brian, was that if there was a committed player that could be most likely to decommit, it was Peyton Bowen, in my opinion. And 
they are still going to have to fight for him and they are still going to have to to continue to recruit him hard. But I would agree that this recent interview with John did make it a lot more firm to me. Like I, I definitely left that interview and said in my mind, like I feel a lot better about where Peyton Bowen stands with the with Notre Dame than he maybe was perceived at one point. So I think it's a sign in the right direction. I think if Notre Dame is able to really start collecting the class that we think they can on both sides of the football, I think that'll reaffirm it potentially for Peyton. You know, I know Oklahoma's a little closer to home, but I think he really does love Notre Dame. And I think that as they continue to fill out this class, that'll only continue to affirm that this is the the best place for him possible. No no question. And and the thing about it is Peyton is is the, the, the strange thing about it is, Peyton is a is we talk about like a Notre Dame kid, and Coach Freeman had said, you know, we got to convince kids that they're Notre Dame kids. Peyton Mo- Bowen needs no convincing; he's a Notre Dame kid. I mean, he is he's a great student, he's a great kid, he's he's very conscientious, he's very thoughtful, he's he's all the things we normally think of when we think of a Notre Dame player. And yet, it's like there's still that allure, right, of Oklahoma, and Oklahoma does really well in Texas, and his quarterback is going there. And you know, John had mentioned that those two were going to commit to Notre Dame together. But obviously, circumstances changed, and Jackson really wasn't in a position where he could commit to Notre Dame. And and then obviously, Oklahoma turned up the heat. And I think Oklahoma likes Jackson Arnold, but I think a part of that also was they really like Payne Bowen. Here's the other interesting wrinkle from that from that bit of news. So Oklahoma and Ohio State are both, and Ohio State's not really a player right now, but they're trying to be. They're both recruiting Peyton Bowen as a receiver. That's their pitch. They're trying to use the receiver angle to convince him because we both like him as a receiver. We just think he he could be a really good receiver, but an elite safety. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, and they're and and the pitch is what they're telling him is you could be a receiver and and if as a receiver you're going to make more nil money. That's their pitch. That's their angle. So to me, Ryan, when I when I heard that from John, and it was kind of like okay. That sounds like a, a pitch that from a school that's Desperate. feeling like they're still trailing, like they yeah. still have work to do. And again, that was just a no- so again, I'm concerned about Peyton Bowen. I'll be concerned about Peyton Bowen until he signs on the dotted line. But I came out of this this conversation with John feeling a lot better when I started hearing some of those different aspects of it. And the fact that Notre Dame will be his last visit of the spring, I believe, was just another good. thing that made me feel a lot better about it. Yeah, I mean, Brian, I mean, again, like that just kind of sounds like desperation, don't you think? Like it's just That's well, kind of my thought, yeah. It's yeah. like a last ditch effort. We're right. trailing hard here. Time is going to start ticking away very quickly. We need to make an effort and I mean, okay, the NIL thing makes sense. Like a wide receiver would obviously be a more attractive player as far as like a marketing sense. Like I get that. Kyle Hamilton will like to have a word with the people who say that. (laughs) Well, that's fair. (laughs) And then, you know, obviously the other layer is, especially when you're talking about Ohio state, you know, obviously they're an easy sell for developing wide receivers. Right. So like, I, I get that as well, but I mean, I, I've never watched Peyton and said like, oh, I'd rather have him on the offensive side of the football. So I'm watching that little layer and like that. I honestly start laughing a little bit because I'm just like, that just sounds like a very desperate move. And I get it. You know, he's a very talented player. So like, let's try to grab him in, in the class. I, I understand it. But that for me, I don't think that spells well for Ohio State or Oklahoma if that's the pitch. Like, especially Oklahoma, that is in a much closer proximity to Peyton Bowen. Like I, you know what, you shouldn't have to make such, take such a, a drastic measure to try to flip the script a little bit. Like, I, I don't think that that bodes well for the recruitment on their ends. 
And the other thing too is if if they are able to convince Peyton Bone that he's a receiver, Notre Dame can simply say, "Fine, come play with come play with us on a receiver." You know, and you know, like they with Jerry Tillery, like they tried to tell Jerry he was an offensive lineman, and LSU convinced him he was a defensive lineman, and so Notre Dame said, "Okay, cool, and play defensive line," and he came to Notre Dame as a defensive lineman and be four year starter and developed into a first round draft pick. So I have a buddy who says I still think Jerry Tillery would have been a better offensive lineman. He said he did been top 10, top 15 pick. And I, I, I do too. Honestly, I still feel like mm-hmm. that was his best position. But if a kid wants to play something else, then he wants to play something else. So I, I like the fact that Notre Dame is, is coming at, at him from a like, hey, look, man, you know, we're not giving you a pitch. We're telling you what we believe. We're, we've been consistent with you from day one. This is what you're going to do. So right. I, I, I like, I'm, I feel much better about where they stand now than where I did coming into the weekend to be completely honest with you. Yeah, no, no, I, I feel the same exact way again. When I saw that final layer at first, I was just like, that's a weird kind of change of mm-hmm. opinion or change of strategy. But I mean, you, you, there was, this was the one recruitment of the committed players that made me a little uneasy. And I agree. I left after John's news and that we put on the message board. If you're not on the message board, you should go join the message board. By the way, you would know about this except for right now. <laughs> and, you wouldn't have to wait two days. Exactly. You wouldn't have to wait two days. But yeah, I, I agree. I, I feel a lot better about Peyton. And then we didn't even talk the fact that Notre Dame also offered up his little brother, Eli, in the 2024 yeah. class. He's a good football player. Who is a good yeah. football player? Ten I've interceptions some, last year. Like, right. a good football player. I yeah. had some conversations with some folks about this. And like, you know, look, this there's going to be this pitch of, oh, he, they just offered Eli because he's Peyton's brother. Look, Notre Dame has missed on guys in the past because they wouldn't offer brothers that couldn't play uh, they they were not willing to offer James Brockemeyer to try to get Tommy Brockemeyer they just they weren't willing mm-hmm. to do it which I'm, I support I'm not a big fan of wasting the scholarship on a kid that you don't think can play for you sure but Eli Bowen can play the, the only problem Eli has is he's small I mean that's really yeah. the only knock I have on him right now is he's 5'9 but he's a 5'9 sophomore if he, he you know there's a chance he's going to grow another inch if you go back and look at Peyton as a sophomore, he wasn't quite that short, but he wasn't as tall as he is now. He's a little over six foot tall now. Mm-hmm. But my whole thing is, at the very least, Eli, based on where he is now, if he doesn't grow another inch, can be another Tariq Bracey. You know, yeah. where he can be an excellent slot player. And if he does grow a little bit and gets a little bit more length, then he projects to be a really good field cornerback. Because if you look at their team last year, you know, teams tried to tried to pick on him at times. Because it's, it's Ryan Yates on one side, and it's Peyton mm-hmm. – you know, Bowen know. man in the middle of the field, and then you got this little five foot nine sophomore. Like, hey, let's throw at that guy, and he made them pay. Like ten you said, ten picks. Yeah. He had a great pick against Westlake. And hey, look, mm-hmm. West Austin Westlake was the one team that had a completely different uh, kind of game plan, and that was like, hey, we're gonna we're not we're gonna go after the six foot two Ryan Yates because this kid picked us off pretty early in the game. I think it was Austin Westlake that he had that pick. I think Kublik was rolling out. I thought it was Westlake. I'd have to go back and look at it now. I think you're right. I'm yeah. having some thoughts, but I thought he had made a great pick on the ball and he was right with the receiver. The ball was under thrown. He came off of it and picked it off, but he had over 50 tackles and 10 picks in one of the, one of the best level, you know, the best areas for college football. I mean, high school football in the country. I mean, he plays yeah. in a big time area. So Eli can play. Sure. Now, did Notre Dame's offer maybe come faster than it otherwise would have? Maybe. I don't think it did, though. I think it was part of the pot of gold pitch. And they like him. They think he can play. So that was, does it help with Peyton? Yes. Did they offer Eli to help with Peyton? Not, no, I don't think they did. 
And, yeah. you know, I think that's going to be important because if they start getting the sense that you don't really like Eli as much as you like me, you're just doing that to that could actually have an opposite effect. Like you're going to screw over my little brother just to get me there. That could have a, a, a negative effect for Notre Dame. But from the people I've talked to, even before they offered him, they're like, look, we, we really like Eli. And I, I'd be willing to bet. And I don't know this. This is opinion, not what I'm being told. But I'd be willing to bet that that's why they even waited as long as they did, because Oklahoma got on him pretty early. I think Notre Dame wanted to treat Eli like we're treating the rest of your class. So that right. way, you know, that we're not doing this for Peyton. We're doing this because of you. So you offer him as part of, you know, sort of the pot of gold type of thing around that same similar time. So mm-hmm. I think that certainly, certainly helps their their cause with that, Ryan. So. Before we move on to our final topic, which is going to be Dante Moore, uh, we did have some mm-hmm. some super chats and super stickers I wanted to get uh, to. Obviously, James Bucker with a super sticker. James, thank you so, so much for that. Demetrius Rex gave us a super chat because this is the best place to be Irish on the internet. Demetrius, I appreciate that very, very much. Wade Garrett with another super chat. No question. Love this channel. Go Irish. Appreciate y'all very, very much. And D Troll Hunter, I, I love this name, by the way. It's also his name on the message board, which I love. Tomorrow, I have hip surgery on my right hip. I'll take all your prayers, and when I wake up, Dante Moore will be a Notre Dame commit. I hate to break it to you, brother, but I don't see Dante being a public Notre Dame commit tomorrow. Uh, I, this was not a thing where he was going to come and announce on campus or anything like that. You know, it, it just it, – that wasn't necessarily the, the the goal, the objective. But there's – look, we've been pretty confident in this one for a while, and our opinion hasn't changed at all from that. So I appreciate that super chat. Very, very, very much. So, Ryan, mm-hmm. reason I was late today, I apologize to everybody. Reason I was late today is because I just kind of needed to take a little stroll, you know, needed to get some outside air time, you know, get some get some fresh air. Happened to wander around the Rames campus because it's a beautiful campus and, you know, nice, cool day and wanted to just walk around and get some fresh air and just happened to be around the Goog. And lo and behold, guess who walks up? Five-star quarterback Dante Moore. What a coincidence! I got so lucky uh, that he was that he just happened to walk by right at the time. And I got to tell you, man, it was a it was a pretty awesome scene, right? You know, because mm-hmm. like we're, we we can't talk to Dante, we can't interview Dante. You're not allowed to interview kids while they're on on campus and things like that. You know, so didn't speak to him, but you know, just kind of watched. And you know, obviously he's walking up, and you know, Coach Coach Freeman and uh, T- Tommy Reese and, and Chad Bowden all kind of meet him and his dad outside and showing love and all that kind of stuff. And you walk in and, and inside the Goog is every coach, every staff member, everybody associated with Notre Dame waiting right in there behind the national championship trophy. Right. Cause if you've never been in the Goog, when you walk into the Goog, the first thing you see is the 1988 national championship trophy with the big crystal ball. And to the left are the seven Heisman trophies. That's what Notre Dame has in the Goog. It's a really cool deal. Right. And then behind that to the right is that big statue, of the four horsemen. Right. And I, I think they used to have the Joe Moore Award somewhere in there. I'm not sure. I haven't noticed. It's been a while since so I've been in the Goog. Uh, but so you walk in and it's the whole staff. And so Coach Reese, Coach, um, Coach Bowden, Coach Freeman, all are, you know, showing love to, to Dante and his dad. And as soon as they walk in, it's like Dre Brown and somebody else, like, open the door for him. As soon as they walk in, just the place erupts, just goes nuts. Uh, and I was like, yep. I said they needed to roll out the red carpet, and they're rolling out the red carpet. It was a pretty cool deal, man, um, to see all that and, uh, you know, experience kind of what what their what their deal was. So it was uh, – it was a really, really interesting thing to see, but Notre Dame is certainly, certainly laying out the red carpet. The whole plan for this weekend, 
everybody is to basically remind Dante of why he has felt the way he has felt about Notre Dame this whole time. Cause you gotta remember Dante has been on campus a lot. This isn't like some new thing. Like he's never not been in the Goog before. It's Oh wow. Look, Heisman trophies. He's seen all that stuff. Right. It's just more about like, Hey man, we're trying to do something special. And you are the key to that. Uh, not just from a recruiting class standpoint, but you know, we think this kid that we got at quarterback right now can be pretty special. We think you could be even better. And, and you're really that key to, to, keeping this thing going and that's been the pitch to Dante from day one is you know you're different right there's something different about you which is why you're the guy and one of the things we discussed early in the process was you know Dante is not your typical five-star quarterback Ryan in that you know he's not there's I've seen people say like you know oh Dante Dante's you know he's he's only going to care about NIL and all and that's never really been it now is he aware of NIL does he does he want to value and I, you know, get get some 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 NIL deals? Yeah, he does, like every other college football player. But it really hasn't been a driver in his conversation. And there have been some schools that have come at him with some offers, right? And it's just never been something that wavered has wavered him because I think he it, it's partly what makes him different. And what makes him a Notre Dame fit is he understands the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. You may be able to offer me something right now, but oh, Notre Dame can offer me something now and in the future, right? That right. you really can't, can. And I think he understands that. And, and I think he understands that pitch. And that's kind of what this visit is about. It's just hammering that home to him mm-hmm. and, and reminding him like, Hey, look, we know you may have certain plans, but think about what we can do together. And that's really what this visit is all about. And it's that last, it's that last uh, major push before you know we believe he's going to sit down and and figure some things out in regards to being able to go out and make a make a public decision on on what he's going to do for his next three to four years well next four years i guess because he's definitely going to have one more year of high school mm-hmm. and then uh you know at least three three to four years of, of college football man what great hair by the way i know great, somebody asked like what hair. kind of hat is that i'm like uh that's that's all that's all natural <laughs> it's all natural and I, I, my favorite, my favorite quote in the message board, which is why you should be in the message board. You posted the picture, and someone said, "Look, find someone who looks at you the way that Coach Reese looks at Dante Moore." <laughs> that was I'm great. Like, yes, just like because one of the pictures of, was of me. Of uh, uh, actually, I should probably try to. I'll, I'm going to try to pull that up and just kind of show everybody those photos. But it was like just Tommy Reese, Coach Reese, looking at him, just with like you know, hey man, you're our guy. <laughs> that was. I thought that was a great quote. And the, my other favorite one was uh, somebody said, uh, who is that? Nick Lachey talking about yeah. Chad Bone. <laughs> I thought that was pretty awesome too. Because uh, um, I was like, you know what? He kind of does a little bit look like, look like that. Let's see if we can pull this up here real quick. Um I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go through this here real quick. Just give me a second. I, I love. I, lo- I love seeing Coach Freeman talking to Dad right behind him too. You know, like that. Yes. Was, that, that for me, that was just something. I was just like, yes. Well, that Coach was Freeman the th- gets it, man. Yeah, he, he went it, right you know? to the dad. Like he dapped yeah. Dante up and then went right to the dad. Yeah, there, there's no question about it. It was, it was a, it was, it was a smart move. I mean, and look, just the whole, the whole thing of, it's like, hey, you know, again, it's, it's, it's you're our guy. You know, you're, you're the guy, you're the guy we want. You're the guy we're going after. Right. And, and mm-hmm. I, I, I got to tell you, it was, it was one of those things, Ryan, where I think that we did, deba- we discussed and debated for a while, the notion of how do you handle, how do you handle 
sort of quarterback recruiting in this class, right? And and how do you you know because it's such a it's such a great class of quarterbacks to where you know look we could we could kind of go get some other some other players and maybe be in a situation where we know we're at least going to get a, a good player like a Jackson Arnold or a good player like a Chris Vizina. Or do you say we gotta we gotta swing for the fences and go after an elite guy, a program changer? Right. And for a while there, I think the staff was determining between that. And it was so they were still on those guys. But I I, I think within the last month and a half, I think they really sat down and said, you know what? Like this is the guy we gotta go get. Like this is the guy that we have. This is the guy that's gonna be that program defining player for us. And we've got to go get him. And you know, I think it was smart. The yeah. timing of it was perfect, and I think it's had a big impact on their ability to get into the position now where you and I think they've been now for several weeks, which is Notre Dame's going to be really, really hard to beat at this point in time. Yeah, and there's a lot of layers, obviously, to the old eggs, uh, you know, putting every ba- egg into one basket, excuse me, because I know a lot of people got nervous because I think that it kind of backfired on them a little bit last year with the whole Will Shipley debacle, right? And after Shipley, they – had to try to get back in with guys like Nicholas Singleton and Gavin Duck and those ty- those types of players. But for a quarterback specifically at that position, I think it's just a much different conversation, right? Because you, I mean, is there risk involved? Absolutely. There's risk mm-hmm. involved. But when you were talking about a paramount position, like a quarterback, it's not like missing on a running back in a cycle, potentially, even though they still got a good running back in Jadarian Price. I think that it's just something here where to take that next step, we know as football people what the most important position in football and in all of sports is quarterback, right? And the difference between, and all due respect to a Christopher Vizina, because we have broken down the film and everybody here that was in those those videos and those highlights know that I really like Christopher Vizina. I would be happy with having Christopher Vizina. But the difference between him and Dante Moore, I think, is just too much of a difference mm-hmm. where going all eggs in that one basket, I think, made sense. And I think it's something they had to do, right? Because if you're half in, half out, it's tough to close sometimes. And, I mean, there was no doubt, I, I would I would guess, on Dante's perspective that, like, wow, I'm, I'm really their guy. Like, I am their only guy mm-hmm. type of conversation. I mean – Look, Notre Dame has turned down one commitment from a top 100 quarterback and has pushed back the visit of another that I never bought that that that, that guy was going to visit to commit during the visit, but there were people talking about it. But they they've and, and what we said at the time was it needs to be public. Your your focus on Dante needs to be public and Notre Dame did that. It was a very public way, you know, the way that you're able to um to kind of Say, hey, look, you're our you're our guy. They made it, they made it a very public, a very public kind of situation. And I think that was a, a smart decision. And look, the visit this week, I'm gonna see if it there we go. All right, there you go. There that's 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 the picture of uh that we're talking about with Coach Reese and uh just kind of looking at Dante, and that's Dante acknowledging the 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 media. It's him, like you said, that's Coach Reed, that's Coach Freeman going right, right in on 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 his dad, <laughs> you know, and uh, that's not Nick Lachey, that is in fact Chad Bowden. So 
that that was the photo that we were that we were talking about. The people were saying like, um, find someone that looks at you the way the coach Reese looks at Dante Moore. I thought that was a great that was a great great comment. So so yeah. what are the objectives of this visit? Right? What is, what is Notre mm-hmm. Dame trying to do? Obviously, you're you're trying to get Dante to feel the love, but the the really big thing is is really laying out the path for Dante. For okay, look. This is all fun. Like we love, we showed you the love and all that kind of stuff, but let's get down to business, right? Let, let's get down to business. And what is the business, right? And the business is, look, you're, you're, this is who, this is what you mean to us. This is the opportunity that's in front of you, Dante, right? Like, look, we've been a 10 plus win season team for five years in a row, right? We've been to two playoff bursts in the last four years. In the last decade, we've played for the championship 10. This again, we're telling you what the Notre Dame pitch is. You know, we've played for the championship three times in the last 10 years, right? Uh, we're putting together the best recruiting class in the country right now. But the reality is, is for us to take that next step to number one, finish with the best recruiting class. We need you. Uh, and that's why we've prioritized you over all the other big time quarterbacks. While we've prioritized you over trying to make a run at Arch Manning, trying to make a run at Malachi Nelson, trying to make, I mean, they, they talked to Arch, but like backed off kind of quickly because Dante was interested, right? And, and so they've done a good job of really making him feel like you're a priority, but like, it's about, this is what we think. We think you can be that guy that takes us to the next level. Did you see what we did down the stretch of the season with Jack Kona quarterback? Imagine what we can do with you kind of thing. And that's been the message. And this weekend is about finally, look, you've been to LSU, you've been to Florida, you've been to Georgia, you've been to you know Michigan a bunch of times, you've been to all these different schools, right? There's nothing like Notre Dame, right? And, and this is it's time to it's time to make you know it's time to make a decision on on what we're going to do moving forward. And I think that's a really important piece of this of this visit is just that final piece of this is where we are, man. It's it's you know this is this is why we need you. And once you kind of get through the pomp and circumstance of the arrival and the excitement all that that's the thing that matters most that's the red carpet that we talk about is look there's all these opportunities you know you have a conversation with current players about hey look man here's look man in the last year i've made one hundred fifty thousand dollars. i mean there are players on the names team that can tell him that you know and and i don't play quarterback i'm a tight end or i'm a d tackle or i'm a d end you know what i mean like those are the things that you look at and say boy what what could a quarterback do at notre dame that's a big piece of it. And then the other part of it is, is just reminding him of like, look, man, you've gotten the text, Dante, you know, the different players around the country that have said, if you go, I'm going right. That's the other part of this. And so I think Ryan, this is that weekend of it's closing time, right? It's, it's closing time. And it's trying to get him to realize like, look, you know, if you want to take visits, take visits, but right now it's about figuring out this is where you want to, this is where you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's because the, the timeline we're trying to, th- we're kind of thinking of the, uh, Brian Wright is sometime in April, most likely is, is kind of decision time. Yeah. That's what I've said on the board. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think if he's going to make a decision soon to, to kind of, you know, make, make a, some kind of announcement, I would expect it'll be sometime in April. I don't think it's going to be like a, you know, blue gold game thing. I, I think if he's going to mm-hmm. make a decision, it's going to be, it's going to be, over the next two three weeks is what I'm thinking. And if it doesn't happen by the blue gold game, then it means he's probably going to put a slow down on things and go into the summer and do the officials. So, yeah. you know, this is why I wrote the article I wrote this weekend, Ryan, which is 
this next month is the most important period for Notre Dame's recruiting efforts in this class. And honestly, really in some ways for the entire program, like this is that class to where you're either going to build on the momentum you've started, you're going to lose it all. And it's going to get back to, it's just the same old Notre Dame. They just had a little bit better start, but at the end of the day, it's still the same old Notre Dame. And I think yeah. that's, that's why this is important because if you look at the number of players that, that could potentially make decisions and announcements over the next month, it's Dante Moore, it's Braylon James, it's Cardinal Tate. It's you mm-hmm. know, potentially Monroe Freeling, potentially Sullivan Adversar, potentially Charles Jagasaw. Uh, Jason mm-hmm. Moore, uh, potentially Samuel and Pemba. You know, th- there's a lot of guys on the board that in the next month could be off the board. Are they going to be off the board for Notre Dame or off the board for somebody else? Right. And so that's why this next month is so important because if you don't have big success over the next month, and, and part of success also means, you know, getting a Rodney Gallagher on campus and knocking it out of the park so that when he starts making officials, you're kind of in that driver's seat, right? Because we don't see Rodney Gallagher making a decision in April. He's just now engaging the recruiting process. Yeah. I don't think he's going into it with any like big leader, right? Like people yeah. say it's Penn State. Penn State may because it's the in-state school, but Proximity. I don't I don't yeah. I don't think it's I really don't see that. I think he's pretty open to the process. Mm-hmm. I'd be shocked if he sits down and makes a decision in April. It, it, stranger things have happened. So with him, with Samson Okanlola, it's more about putting yourself in position in April to then be there in June and July. But that's going to be easier if you're able to knock this month out of the park with getting some of these players in the class, you know, like a Dante Moore, like a Braylon James, like a Cardinal Tate, like a Jason Moore. Getting those guys in the class is going to be very, very important over the next month because with some of those guys, the longer it goes out, draws out, the better it is for Notre Dame. But with the guys that I've just talked about, for the most part, except maybe Cardinal Tate, the longer it goes on, the the worse it's is for Notre Dame. If if, if yeah. Dante's recruitment drags into the summer, I don't feel good about him like I do now, where I'm very confident that Notre, where Notre Dame is right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with with Braylon James. If he if he doesn't if he doesn't make some kind of announcement, of, you know, decision thing, kind of over the next month, I'm going to start saying, okay, like they weren't able to close the deal. Same thing with Charles Jagasaw. I mean, so there's a lot of – same thing with Jason Moore. So there's a lot of guys on the board where you say, boy, this next month is super, super important for Notre Dame. But it, it all starts and ends with Dante Moore. I mean, he, get him mm-hmm. to, to do something, and all the rest of that becomes very much, much easier. Because, look, you can't convince people – you can't convince recruits that your quarterback situation is better until at the early September. Mm-hmm. as far as your current team, you can't convince them, hey, guys, you know what? Tyler Buckner's going to be really good. Drew Pine's really good. Nope, nope. Th- these kids don't know about that. N- people, We haven't seen Tyler Buckner throw, a, a, you know, more than 30 passes in the last two years, and a lot of those were just kind of, you know, one game against Virginia Tech and a couple passes here and there, right? Like Drew Pine's got 30 career passes. Jack Cohn threw more balls in the game against Oklahoma State than, Dante, than um, Drew Pine and Tyler Buckner threw all year. You know what I mean? So – there's a team people are using that against Notre Dame. They're using the quarterback su- success or lack thereof against Notre Dame. And Dante can kind of erase all that. And then if you go out and have success in the fall, it only helps you. Sure. But Dante can erase all that. So it's going to be hard to really have the kind of the month of April that Notre Dame needs, not once, needs. If we're talking about them finishing with a top two to three class, if not number one class. This next month is going to determine that, Ryan. And it starts with the kid that's on it's well, it's really it starts with the two kids that were on campus this weekend. You got to keep mm-hmm. Keon Keeley in the class. 
Though, sure. To me, somebody asked who the most, like, I'm not to find the question, but it's like, you know, who's the most yeah, you know, it was important on, kid in the class? It, and, it was on a, it was on a mailbag and they asked of the, of the, I think they actually asked who would, uh, is a defensive player that could be the Pied Piper, or the gatekeeper right. for the class, kind of like Dante Moore would be. Patrick Bird asked this question. Yeah. Outside of Moore, is Keeley the next biggest recruit? And honestly, I'd say right. they're kind of, for me, Ryan, they're 1A and 1B. Yeah, neck and neck. Yeah. Because yeah. to me, yes, you need a great quarterback, but you know what? If I'm going to play a team with another great quarterback, I don't want it to just have to be about my quarterback outplaying him. I want it to be about my quarterback and my elite edge rushers. That's the thing is like, you you know, give me that. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think Keon Keeley to me is it's one, a one B and you can, you can, you can go with one Keon being one a, cause he's already in the class. And then Dante's one B or you can go with Dante one a and Keon's one B. I don't care, but you're right. talking about two top 10 national players, if not top five national players, and and guys that are at the two, arguably the two most premium positions in all of in all of college football, in my opinion, you yep. can make that case. Quarterback definitely is, but you mm-hmm. can make a case that defensive end is the the premium, the, the next premium position in college football. I you could definitely make that case. And so, and Notre Dame just hasn't made a living. I mean, you talk about they haven't signed a lot of five-star quarterbacks. Well, look, they've signed a five-star quarterback more recently than they've signed a five-star defensive end because they signed three to five-star defensive ends in 2011. They signed Gunnar mm-hmm. Keel as a five-star quarterback in 2012. I haven't signed sure. a five-star either one of those spots since then. So, yeah, it's 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 going to be important for them to get him too. But these two kids, keeping Keon in the class and then landing Dion. And look, landing Dante helps you with keeping Keon, in my opinion. It, it does. But key, yeah. those two kids, to me, are the key. To your point, Ryan, Dante is the Pied Piper of the group. But if you can keep Keon Keeley in the class, it makes mm-hmm. selling yourself to Mpemba, Osbury, Galette, Jason Moore, Devin Houston, Micah Teague, you know, Christian Gray, Caleb Downs, a lot easier. It sure does. And I, it's a lot. It's a very different situation because as we sit here with nine commits in the class for Notre Dame, seven of them are on the defensive side of the football. So the Dante Moore commit potentially, if he does choose Notre Dame, would start, in theory, a snowball or an avalanche effect, you know, of the class. Because there's really, there's right now, all Notre Dame has in the class is Cedric Irvin Jr. at running back, and they have Cooper Flanagan at tight ends. You, like Brian said, I mean, he rattled off seven guys to start this conversation a little bit that could be in decision mode sometime in the next month or so. Five of the seven, real quick, were on the offensive side of the football. So the, the snowball effect, I think, can happen very quickly because then we're talking about like, hey, oh, yeah, I want to play with Dante Moore. And I think that Keon Keeley has a very similar effect, but it's it's a little different because it's also on the defense side of the ball right now you got to maintain Peyton Bowen, right? Like you got to keep those guys that are in the class in the class and Keon Keeley being a part of it. He could be the Pied Piper to a degree on the defensive side of the football to not only maintain what they already have, but then also, like you said, Mikey T's come on down. Like, let's go, man. Jason Moore, come on down. Samuel and Pemba, come on down. Let's keep going after Caleb Downs if you're Notre Dame. So I think that he is definitely in that same type of conversation. And um, yeah, I, I think that, I'm excited, Brian, because, I mean, selfishly for myself, I just want to see what happens on this offensive class if Dante Moore does choose Notre Dame. Like, I want to see 
the names that they can pull because we've been talking about the effect that he could have on the class. I, I, I just want to see it. I want to see what happens. You certainly came on at the right time to cover Notre Dame recruiting, Ryan. I certainly did. You know. I, I think I'm, I think I'm good luck if anything. But. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Well, then I hired you, so isn't it me that like deserves the ultimate credit? You know, it's all about me. I got to bring it back it, to me. It's your, you know? it's your, it's your so, foresight, man. There you it's go. Your there, foresight, <laughs> <for sure. laughs> there you go. No, it's just, it, it's just one of those things, like you said, like it's, it's, it's a, it's a momentous re- recruitment, right? And and I, you know, it's a lot of hype, right? But it's, it's, it's legitimate. I mean, it, it's, it's the reality. We're not. We're not overblowing this. I mean, look, I could I could tell you about conversations I've had, text message I've seen, uh, things that we've heard from different sources that that say, hey, like, look, if if this kid makes this decision, it's it's gonna be a bit of a snowball. I mean, that's that's not us thinking, that's not us hoping, that's not wishful. It, it, it's look, this is what we're hearing, right? So all of this is, I think you all know us enough by now to know we're not going to get out here and be caught in an emotional conversation and just assume, well, because this guy is this, this must be what we're telling you about the, the, the snowball effect is, is not a guess. It's what we're being told from many sources. And also from what I've experienced doing this for a long time, which is when you land, there's two things that, that in my opinion are precursors to elite recruiting classes at a place like Notre Dame. It's on-field success and having big-time quarterback play, whether it's on the current roster or or signing a big-time big time player. I think those are the things, to me, that are going to have the, the the really big impacts on, on your entire recruiting class. And, and because Notre Dame is coming off of a two-year stretch that I think is arguably the best back-to-back classes they've landed, and now – the, the the debate would come into the 2021 defensive class was kind of eh, not great, right? The current freshman class. There's a couple kids here and there, but it just it we're not sure where it is yet. But the 2021 offensive class was outstanding, and it's already having a big it's already had a big impact at Notre Dame, and it's going to continue having an even bigger impact. Then you come back with another you know 2022 class that you know offense wasn't quite where you want it to be. You know could have been better at quarterback, but you got to really dynamic running back. You came up short at receiver, but the one guy you got was outstanding. You got arguably the best one-two punch at tight end in the country, and you got one of the five best offensive line classes in the country. And then your defensive class can go toe-to-toe with just about anybody. So you've got that. If you can then follow that up with an elite class that's even better than those two, that's how you get your roster where you need it to be to go out there and start competing for championships where when you do play Bama and Ohio State and you know, clumps and those other teams, you don't need their starting quarterback and three best defensive players to be injured to beat them. You don't need to hope that they turn it over a bunch of times and then maybe you can pull off an upset. It's like, no, no, we're as good as these guys. We're everybody as good as these guys. But at the end of the day, it comes down to the quarterback position because I'm going to tell you something right now. Clemson did not have the top to bottom talent on their roster in 2015 and 2016 that Alabama had. They didn't, right? The NFL draft, everything will point to that. What they had, however, was a significantly better quarterback in both years. That's why they were able to keep it competitive the first year and why they won it the second year, right? And and that's that's really what college football is all about. I mean, you take Joe Burrow off of LSU and replace him with the kind of quarterback they normally have at LSU. You put Danny Etling there, right? Or Jordan Jefferson there, right? Wasn't that the, 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 yeah. the, 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 the younger brother? You put those guys on their roster instead of Joe Burrow, 
LSU's probably pretty good that year, but they're a 10 2 pretty good. Not sure. uh, this is the best offense maybe we've, we've seen since 2008 Oklahoma. And then what they did that Oklahoma couldn't do in 08 was actually do that same thing in the postseason. Right. So I would say the best offense we've ever seen in my of my lifetime. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's the key to quarterback play, folks. I mean, that's the key. I mean, you know, Alabama was a good offense. It was winning with defense until all of a sudden they started pumping out five star quarterbacks. And now all of a sudden they're an elite offense. Right. And that's just that's what that's what the game is about now, man. It's it's about kid. Do you have a great quarterback? And are you someone who can go out there and, um, you know, that uh, can can take you over that hump? In my opinion, it's it's not a coincidence that great co- the great college offenses that we've seen have had great quarterback play. Like that's right. not a coincidence, man. Yeah, I know. I saw I saw that comment by the way. I saw that comment. Uh, maybe you need a little more a uh, little more job security, and then we'll uh, we'll make that happen someday. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. I saw for those, I saw for, for, I saw those for yeah. those who are listening via podcast, uh somebody said that Ryan needs to, he, Ryan has a tattoo on his right arm. Somebody said he needs to get IB added to his right arm. I think I think maybe after his next pay raise, maybe then I can convince him to get IB. <laughs> That's a deal. That's a deal. <laughs> okay. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> anyway, uh r- real quick, uh, J- uh Jfeth Martin says uh you mentioned he was texted by others that if he came, they would too. Does Tate happen to be one of those guys? Thank you for the super chat, but I'm not going to tell you that. I'm not going to tell you who those guys are. Um, but that's just kind of – but that happens a lot in recruiting. You know I mean? Just mm-hmm. there are certain players like, hey, man, you go, I'm going. And Keon Keeley kind of was that. It, it was it was Keon and Brennan Vernon like committing back-to-back. Like right. they literally committed a day apart. It was something they planned out kind of when they were on their visit. And it was one of those things like, hey, you come, I'm coming, let's do it, let's make this decision. And all of a sudden, it's a little easier to convince, you know, Drake Bowen to jump on board, mm-hmm. right? Because Drake's not like the guy you then have to build around. And I hope that other guys join me. Drake's like, I get a play behind that. Cool. Right. You know, right. Uh, and then Justin Rett's like, wait a minute, I get a cover while those dudes are rushing the quarterback. Cool. You know, and then it just builds and builds. And that's kind of what happened on defense is like, you know, now all of a sudden you're looking at like nobody's even close to where Notre Dame is right now as a defensive class. Now they're they got a lot of work to do to finish, but there's nobody's got a defensive class even close to where Notre Dame is right now with their seven commits. Well, that started because you got two. I mean, and if you remember at the time, Brennan Vernon was higher ranked than Keon Keeley was. Brennan Vernon was the five star at the time, and then obviously he committed, and it's not as big of a story anymore. And he's not taking visits, and he's not in the in the spotlight. So. Brandon Vernon doesn't generate a lot of clicks for you. So all of a sudden he's not as good of a player. I say incredibly sarcastically, um, you know, but in Keon's kind of become the hot name. Well, part of the reason Keon's become the hot name is because he's still taking visits. Let's be honest about that. But sure. it's still kids could pop in the film. Drake bone could look at the film and be like, Whoa, that's mm-hmm. a dude right with both of those kids. And then Justin does it and Peyton can do it. And the Don can do it and all that. Well, that's the impact that you hope that, that Dante will have and that we think he will have but you know as far as who those players are going to be it wasn't the point the point wasn't mm-hmm. to, to try to get into who these players are and all that other kind of stuff the point is that that's what we believe is going to happen and some of those right. kids won't do it that's how it always goes but a lot of them i think i think will because they're already they already like notre dame a lot and that's that's key. like like i don't believe that just because dante if dante committed notre dame and and did it publicly and all that 
does that mean all of a sudden Don, Carnell takes the next eight? No, Notre Dame still has to close on Carnell. I just think it gives them a better chance. Even if Carnell was one of the people that said that, that that's that's fine. You say that to your boy, but at the end of the day, that's different than making that decision. You got to close on a guy like that, right? Right. So it's not an automatic. Like, don't think that, oh, well, they got him, they got him. No, no. Coach Stuckey and Coach Reese and Coach Bowden and Coach Freeman still have a lot of closing to do with, with Cardinal Tate, no matter what Dante Moore does. But getting Dante Moore, if they're able to kind of get, make that happen soon, does allow make it a, it easier to, mm-hmm. to win that battle. Yeah. Just so so people understand. Uh, and I know, Brian, we had um, – I know you were talking about the impact a little bit. So mm-hmm. we actually had Irishman 71-14 say, if you have a front seven, that includes Keeley, Moore, Vernon, Houston, Bowen, and Pemba, and Zinter, how much of an effect does that have on Peyton Bowen to stay and Caleb Downs to join? And it's a similar thought process that you, what you were just talking about. I mean, it's answered Irishman – it's huge. I mean, it's absolutely huge. You would not want to play behind that. I mean, honestly, defensive backs have a clear understanding, man. If you can affect the quarterback, I'm going to get some easy interceptions. I'm going to get some easy pass breakups, and I'm going to look good on the back end. So mm-hmm. it'll be a huge moment for Peyton Bowen to have all those guys in the class, right? Like it would be huge to kind of affirm that he would be that he is in the best possible situation. And Notre Dame's going to keep keep recruiting Caleb Downs. And we still don't feel great about where they are with Caleb Downs just because of the, you know, just, you know, we think that he's probably going to stay down south a little bit. And But but if if, uh, if you have that group that you just highlighted, it's going to make it an easier conversation. Right. It's going to make it an easier sell. Why would he not want to play behind it? Like, you can argue that that is the best front seven recruiting in all of the in, in the nation. So yes, it would actually absolutely move needles in my opinion. That would, that would affirm a lot of things. I think for any safety that wants to play behind that. I think it's, that's this mantra. And when we've talked about it, I've talked about it over the years, plenty of times, football is different than basketball. Right. And, and, and I've shared this story with you before. I, I had a five-star parent of a receiver number of years ago, and he was frustrated that his son wasn't getting the same kind of, love that a five-star basketball player from the area was getting he said why do you think that is and i said because i said your son could go to oregon state a five-star basketball player can go to oregon state and they're going to be an ncaa tournament team the next year at the time oregon state sucked at basketball and and football and i said your son could go to oregon state as a five-star football player and they're still going to suck because football is not about one guy and and if if Notre Dame was coming off of a four and eight year, not as many kids would care if Dante Moore picked them, right? It's it's they're already pretty good. We can be the group that takes them over the top. And as far as like looking at the class, kids care more, even more about who's in your class. And there's this feeling amongst great football players that two things that I think fans have to understand about most great football players: a, they're not afraid of competition, and b. They want to play with other players that are like them because they believe because football, even to, to today, if you look at the NFL draft, there's still a thought like in the, in the NBA draft, you could be a, a great player on a mediocre team and still be the number one overall pick. It's a lot harder to do that in the NFL draft, right? And if you look at it like Bama and I mean, Bama's had a lot of guys in my opinion, get overdrafted because of how good their team is. Georgia's had guys get overdrafted because in recent years because of how good their team is. Clemson the same way. And Ohio State's been that way because 
when there's a lot of good players, even though maybe this guy may not be as great as we think he is, they're all really good, which makes him a great team, which then allows guys to look even better. Hey, this guy's great in coverage. Look at his numbers and coverage, blah, 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 blah. Well, yeah, because quarterbacks never had time to throw, so he could play a style that, you know, you put him in the NFL and he doesn't have a pass rush in front of him, and all of a sudden he gets exposed in certain ways. So I think kids understand that, that like to be great as an individual, I have to be part of a great team. More, more kids understand that in football, I think, than understand that in basketball. And, and that's not a knock on basketball players because in basketball, one guy can have that kind of big impact, right? You can be that follow me kind of guy. In football, it's a little bit different. So to the to the point of, you know, if if Notre Dame has that front seven plus, it's not just that. Throw in last year's Tyson Ford and Aiden Gobira. Throw in last year's linebacker class. And now all of a sudden, Peyton Bowen and Caleb Downs, you're like, hey, man, yeah, there's some dudes like because if if that's the class Notre Dame gets right, so that means they would get they would get commitments from Peyton uh, uh, from Jason Moore, Devin Houston. If I'm reading this correctly, uh, Samuel and Pemba, right? They'd land those three players with what they already have. Am I am, am I yes. getting that correct? Yes. Yep. Now all of a sudden, you look at it and say, name me a team in the last two years that has recruited the front seven as a whole better than Notre Dame. And I don't think you have an you don't have an answer. You could maybe say A and M is still ahead as a defensive line, just because of what they did last year, maybe, but not as a front seven, because the the talent Notre Dame has brought in on the D line, that's two five stars right there, and and, and you're talking about four top hundred players along the D line in the last two years. When you throw in Tyson Ford and some, at least one service had Aiden Go as a top hundred player, that's a lot of highly ranked dudes. Keon Keeley's a five-star. Brennan Vernon will be a five-star as long as he stays where he's currently ranked uh, by rivals. Jason Moore's a top 50 guy. Tyson Ford is a top 100 guy. Samuel and Pemba might be a uh, five-star defensive end down the line as well, too. Correct, so. <laughs> but he's definitely going to be a five-star linebacker with yep. Drake Bones, a top 50 guy. And, and I'd say, look, fine. and then you look at Notre Dame had the best linebacker class in the country last year. You won't be able to tell me that there's a team that definitely has a – now, you could maybe say there's some teams on par with what Notre Dame's doing, but you can't tell me there's a better one. And so you could say to Caleb Downs, hey, man, okay, that's cool. Georgia won a national championship, but you're not playing with the guys that are on that were on that championship team. They're all going to the NFL right now. Trevon Walker's gone. Jordan Davis is gone. Go look at what they have, what they've signed the last two years. Look at what we've signed the last two years and tell me who you who's going to be playing – if you're going to be playing with better players there, right? That's the pitch. And if you're able to get those guys, that pitch works for for a guy like Caleb Downs and a guy like Peyton. Like, do you really want to go to Oklahoma and play with that group, or do you want to come here and you know be a part of something special? That's that's the pitch, and and it works because, as I've said a million times, it's like the Alize Mac recruitment. Why did Alize pick Notre Dame over UCLA? Because UCLA got on a board a whiteboard and drew up what they thought they were going to do with Dante with, with Alizé. Notre Dame popped in film of Ty Leifert and said that watch that. How are we going to use you? Watch that too. Right. And that matters. That matters to kids. And so um, being able to prove to them to say, Hey, look, it's not about what we think. Hey, if we get you, we're going to get a bunch of players, right? Like that, that may, that may be the selling point to Dante. Hey, we need you to get all those guys. But that's not the case on defense because they're already there, and and that's going to be um, 
a, a big, uh, a big, big selling point. Want to get to a couple questions here too, Ryan. We do have some people mm-hmm. asking questions, and and Connor Nepper, I want to, I want to nip this in the bud a little bit. <laughs> said, did y'all hear Sean say he's committing tomorrow? Sean didn't say that. Okay, that was a fun spoof they were having because people in the chat just kept talking about when he's going to commit. I think during that segment, Ryan, they said that he was going to commit the 29th. They said he's going to commit the 23rd. They were having some fun about the conversation. Sean definitely did not say that because number one, he's not. Okay. And number two, that wasn't the point. So no, Sean did not say that he was committing tomorrow in a serious manner. It was part of a fun, more fun conversation they were having. Hector, a, a, our Zizu Vizu Mata says Michigan fan here. If Dante Moore goes to their name, I'll be rooting him on. And I had to bring that up because I bust Michigan fans chops a lot <laughs> and I feel like it's deserved, but Hector came in here with respect. And we've respect. always said, if you're a fan of another team and you come in here with respect and you know, just be, it doesn't mean you have to stop rooting your team or kiss names, but anything like that, just come in there like a grown up. We're, we're going, we want you around and we'll respect you. So Hector, you just earned a lot of respect from a lot of Notre Dame fans because uh, that was a very classy, classy thing to say and and how fans should be. If you love a kid before he commits to your school, you should still love him afterwards. You just don't want him to win when he plays against your school. Uh, so that's going to – like I texted Alex Bars after he signed with the Raiders, and I said, hey, man, congratulations. I hope you go 15-2 and two next year because <laughs> I'm a Broncos fan. I want Alex to win all the games except when they play the Broncos. So um, – you know, but it doesn't mean that, you know, all of a sudden I dislike Alex Bars now because he plays for my rival. That's that would be <laughs> that'd be petty. Very, very petty uh, of me. But uh, appreciate that, Hector, very much. Ed with the super chat. Appreciate that, Ed. Very, very, very much. But, yeah, did we kind of nip that in the bud there? The whole thing about Dante committing today or tomorrow? That's that is not the plan. That has never been the plan. There is no intel about him doing that. Uh, yep. we, we, and Dante has said in the past that he'd like to do make a commitment at his school which mm-hmm. I think would be really cool and really, really smart. So let's yeah. get back through some of these here real quick before we move on. Notre Dame 2164, a long, long time member of our community here, says, hey, IB family, can you guys please say a prayer for my brother, Eric? He is battling some really big personal demons right now, and I'm really worried about him. Um, Eric, Notre Dame, my man, uh, wish I knew your name, but Eric will definitely definitely be in our prayers. There's no, There's no question about it. And I saw people in the chat have already talked about about that so you know we always say we always got your back man we're a family here and you've been with us from the beginning so i appreciate that very 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 much man and, and we'll keep him in, in our our prayers for sure benji just read an espn article and three of the six experts asked questions said they felt that notre dame was most likely to underperform this year national media remains mm-hmm. crapping on notre dame while praising brian kelly at lsu i love it I, I love yeah. it. It's like that moron at ESPN last year that that has his, you know, his um his projection thing, right? What is what does he call that? The Bill, you know what I'm talking about, right? Bill Connolly or whatever yeah. his name is. Yeah. And who, you know, who who this is the same model that after the 2019 season was done, still had LSU behind Ohio State and Clemson. Right. So, you know, sometimes I've said, you know, oh, it's about a projection. Well, they kept projecting Wisconsin to be really good last year and it never happened. Okay, so, um, you know, it's just it's a dumb model. And sometimes, you know, it's cool. You have a formula and it's all and I like and all that, blah, 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 blah. But sometimes when your thing kicks out something really stupid, you should maybe think about changing your formula. I'm just going to say that. And he had Notre Dame being seven and five last year. Remember that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, 
I mean, it's the same crap last year, everybody. It has no bearing on Notre Dame. And if anything, I love it because it's just more fuel to the kids' fire because they see that stuff. These kids are very savvy when it comes to seeing what's out there. They know what's out there. And uh, I, I say bring it on. I say bring in all the hate. I, I I like it better when Notre Dame is the disrespected team, the disrespected program. I, I don't know about you, Ryan, but that's how I feel. No, no, I, I agree completely. And, I mean, like you are saying about that little model, right, it's like, if you keep getting bad results, man, you got to change your process. Like that's right. just, I mean, that's pretty point blank right. period. So I actually, I mean, I was talking to Brian when I was in it, um, in South Bend. Mm-hmm. I actually think Notre Dame is going to overperform maybe what expectations are in, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Cause I think people think that it's a very young squad and that there might be a couple hiccups, but I actually think that Notre Dame is going to be a lot better than maybe a lot of people predict. So mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah, let's. I'm fine with them being under the radar for now, though. I, I'm so, I'm fine with them being a surprise team potentially going into 2022. I'm I'm totally fine with it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Yeah, I think they'll I think they'll be ranked higher going into the year to create I think I think if they think Notre Dame's gonna be a bust, I think they're gonna rank them higher. So mm-hmm. that way they can enjoy the fall a little bit more. But I think Notre Dame is gonna like I said, I, I just have a good feeling about this team so far. We'll see. I mean, we'll mm-hmm. see if I'm right or wrong. I don't have as many of the question marks about some of the coaching that we had going into last year. That's I guess that's probably the biggest thing for me is and I'm not talking about Kelly versus Freeman. I'm not even talking about that. Like, that's a whole different con- – I'm just talking about the, the 10 assistants. You know, it's like I don't have the – well, if the line's good, they'll be okay. If not, then they're going to struggle, right, it, like right. we had last year. Mm-hmm. 99 problems with BK ain't one. I think it's good timing mm-hmm. to bring in that bring that one up. Aside from Carnell Tate and Braylon James, who are the skill position players that a commitment from Dante Moore would have the greatest impact upon? Rodney Gallagher. Jaden Greathouse, Justice Haynes, or no chance. Anyone else, I would say, of those three, Ryan? Just kind of comment on those three first, and then you can kind of talk about who else you think it might have an impact on. Yeah, um, I think it would definitely have an impact on Rodney Gallagher. Well, I mean, first and foremost, I think it's going to have an impact on any wide receiver, just in general, to a a degree, for a varying degree. I think the biggest impact is probably on Rodney Gallagher just because he's also a northern kid, right? So I think that that's going to speak a little bit of paramount to – the conversation, Jaden Greathouse. I think that it's trending in a, in a solid direction. Um, I think that it would have a good little buffer to the com- uh, to the recruitment right now because I think that Coach Stuckey is doing a really good job with him. Obviously, he's a Texas product, so trying to get him out of this out of the state of Texas. Other than that, like Justice Haynes, I, I, I think that we honestly just need to stop talking about Justice Haynes. To be honest with you, like I, mm-hmm. I just don't think that he's 
Notre Dame is going to keep talking to him because why wouldn't you? But I just don't have a good feeling about it. I haven't really. So those are a couple of the guys. Um, I Braylon James is a guy like it was already mentioned was assumed. So I think Rodney is 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 probably the most guy that just kind of comes off the top of my head. Other yeah. than that, I mean, we, we I'm still waiting to see exactly what Notre Dame thinks about the running back board because I just I don't know if they're taking a second running back. So I don't know if that will have a big impact in that yeah. regard. I, I I think I'm still trying to dig on this, but I do think right now, if things go well on the visit that they made, they made they would take Jay Lamar. I think that that's one that they're looking at right now, but I think that's Steven still to be determined at this point in time. But I, I you know I think if it's gonna if it's look if it's gonna the reason I say Dante's if he commits the it would have a bigger impact on it'd be skill players that maybe right now Notre Dame's not as high on. It'd be a Tyler Williams. Right. It'd be a, you know, maybe there's another receiver out there that Notre Dame liked that they couldn't get any traction with. Maybe it's a Deuce Robinson at tight end. Right. It, it, to me, it'd be somebody like that. It'd be a skill player like that because Notre Dame's aren't in a great place with, with Jaden Greathouse and, and Braylon right. James and, and, and even to a degree Rodney Gallagher. You know, I think that obviously Dante helps close things on that. But I think, you know, who would he have the greatest impact on? Like, I don't think you can have a great impact on guys that already really like Notre Dame a lot. I think it's just about sure. getting them to kind of seal the deal, right? If you're going to mm-hmm. talk about a great impact, I think it's on somebody like a Tyler Williams. You know, are you able to then convince Tyler Williams to visit for an official mm-hmm. during the summer and or maybe an unofficial during the summer and then come back for an official during the fall, depending on what his time frame is on the decision? It's easier to do if you have a Dante Morton class. I think that would be a kind of a guy that I would look at and say, hey, maybe that's the guy that you, you know, a Deuce Robinson. You know, like, look, you you met you messed up. The previous coach mm-hmm. messed up of stopping recruiting Deuce, and that's just my opinion. Well, you know, if Coach Parker's if they're trying to get back on Deuce, and I've heard that they're talking to him again. I don't know how far that's gone, but if you're if you're able to do that, boy, if you can't get your foot in the door, all of a sudden you sign a five star quarterback, and all of a sudden your 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 foot gets in the door. Now, I think it'd be more somebody like that would be my guess on you know, who it would have the the biggest impact on. It'd be somebody that maybe we're not talking a lot about because they're not really in on that guy that they will have a much better shot at if they do, in fact, get Dante in the class. That's that fair. would be my, That's fair. my take. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't even, I completely forgot about Deuce. Yeah, I think Deuce is an interesting one to see if oh, he can so start to move that needle in the right direction there. Yeah. Garen Nutson with a super chat. But that's a big one, Garen. Thank you very, very much. Love the program as always. In your opinion, what has more in more of an influence on a quarterback like Dante like Dante Moore? Having an elite offensive line or a great wide receiver room? Does having a great defensive class have any impact on a QB? I think being really good anywhere has an impact on a smart quarterback. Yep. Knowing you don't have to go out and score. And look, I know teams that have used this against Oklahoma in the past with hey, you don't want to go there, man. You're gonna have to score 40 points a game. You're gonna have to score 40 because if you don't score 40, you're gonna lose. Uh, and sometimes it's work. Most times it doesn't because it's like, I don't care. I'm going to still score 40-some a game, and I'm going to put up a bunch of yards and win a Heisman and be the number one pick. But I think defense definitely has a big impact, Ryan. Mm-hmm. I think on the yeah. first one, I still think the the biggest impact, if, if I have to choose between the two, like my answer would be, well, they both have a big influence. I think my answer would be different today than it was 10 years ago. And the okay. reason I say that is, is because the game has changed so much with RPOs and quick game and the shotgun that you can better protect against with not having a great offensive line if you have great skill players. And the perfect example to that is Clemson. 
both of Clemson's offensive lines and their two championship teams were just okay. But they had great skill players and a great quarterback. And so they're still able to score a ton of points and win a championship. I don't think Georgia's yeah. offensive line this year was an elite offensive line. But they had good no. skill players, you know, and, and a great defense. So I don't think having a great offensive line, just only a great offensive line, has the same impact it did maybe 10 years ago when the game was still more of a maybe 15 years ago when the game was still more you know you saw I mean Bama was almost always under center 10 years ago right like Georgia was always under center 10 years ago LSU was almost always under center 10 years ago and so I think the game has changed to where as long as it's just a good offensive line not an elite one so it's like this you have a, a good offensive line and elite skill players or an elite offensive line and good skill players. I think in today's game, Ryan, this is my opinion, and I'd like to hear yours. Yeah, I think a quarterback is going to look at the elite skill and the good line and say, yeah, let's roll with it. In in Notre Dame's offensive system, it, yeah. it, I believe that. It, in Georgia's offensive system may be different because it's under center, pro style, and all that. You may need more time. In Wisconsin's offensive system, you absolutely need a great offensive line. But mm-hmm. in Notre Dame system, I think he would go with the elite skill and the good line as compared to the elite line and good skill. Yeah, I think it's changing. I think the ideology is definitely changing. I mean, you just saw that the Cincinnati Bengals go to the Super Bowl, right? And it definitely was not because of their offensive line. Like, it's one of the worst offensive lines I've ever seen. So I think it's definitely changing. I think that the, the, I think what has the real impact on quarterbacks now as you mentioned, wide receiver room. I also think it's who the, who the play caller is, right? Mm-hmm. Like that. I think that that rapport with you know Coach Reese or whoever the offensive coordinator is or the head coach that calls the plays that is recruiting a, a big time quarterback like a Dante Moore. I think that that has a a just incredible impact, just a huge impact on who he is. So I would even say that I think that play caller might be even like if you put all those things ducks in a row and you have to kind of you know rank them i think that 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 would even be above an offensive line room honestly for a lot for a lot of players right so uh i think play calling and i think wide receiver room because there is ways to get around having a having a great a bad offensive line but i I think that that scheme is obviously so i I really do kind of parlay play calling with the wide receiver room now because i think that you just you can manipulate space a little more than maybe you once could I think practically you're correct. I don't know if it's as easy to sell that to recruit. That's what I would that's what I would say. Is a 17-year-old practically I think it'd be easier to sell like hey, we have an elite offensive line. Yeah, we don't have great receivers, but here's how we can like okay, because my reason is because Oklahoma can sell that, USC can sell that, Clemson can sell that with elite players. That would be that would be my counter. But I think practically I think you're absolutely right. You don't in you don't necessarily – it's what the old expression, hey, I can scheme my way into points. But you can't scheme your way into points on, you know, to being a great defense. You need guys. I think I think that is – practically, I think you're absolutely right. I absolutely agree with that. Uh, we'll get to a couple questions here, and I know Ryan has to get going here uh, very soon. So let's get to a couple questions before we get out of here. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed the show. Patrick Bird, real quick, is Jason Moore an interior line or edge? The answer yes. to that would be yes. <laughs> Thank yes. you, Ryan. Yes. Be, you can play Look, wherever he wants. <laughs> Patrick, what I'll encourage you to do, just so instead of giving you a long answer, so we can just get to some of these other questions before we get out of here, I have an article on the front page of Irish Breakdown today uh, about this very subject where I talk about how to me, Notre Dame needs an elite defensive line class in 2023, and I believe Jason Moore is the key to making that happen. And so I explain exactly the answer to your question. I explain and why Ryan and I's answer is yes, not 
choosing a side. I explain that in that article. So I would encourage you to give that a read. Irish Marine, who is Notre Dame pushing for his recruits that still haven't made a decision on committing? Uh, again, I would encourage you to – there was an article I did this weekend about uh, this next month being important for Notre Dame. It goes down a long list of players and gives way more detail on where things stand and why than we can yep. give in these next couple minutes of a show. But yep. there's a ton of I – mean, they've only got nine commits. They want to sign 25. That means there's more guys that they're pushing for than that are currently on the class. So I would encourage you to check that out. Uh, and it gives you a very detailed answer. You can find that at irishbreakdown.com. It is a free article. You do Any article that we write is free. You don't have to have a membership to read that, so I'd encourage you to check that out. Notre Damon asks, what's the difference between composite rating and non-composite? So non-composite is simply an, an outlet's personal ranking. So you know the staff gets together, whatever their grading system is, this is their ranking. It's just 247's ranking. This is Rivals ranking. This is ESPN's ranking. This is on three rankings. This is SI 99, SL Americans rankings. It's just individual rankings. The composite is when 247 takes all the rankings and kind of gives like a point, like a percentage to that grade of each player and then puts it together to come up with one ranking, the composite ranking. And now they put more emphasis on their own grades as they should. Uh, on three likes to brag about how everyone's rankings takes the same value, which I'm sorry, if you don't think your ranking system has more value than others, then you need to rethink how you're doing your own ranking. That's just my opinion. Uh, I, but I understand the reason behind it. If it's a true composite, then everybody should be weighted the same. I just don't believe everybody's ranking should be weighted the same because some of them suck and they don't put as much emphasis and it's not as serious ESPN. So that's just kind of my two cents on that. But that's it. Basically, composite is when you take them all together and kind of give a point system and then kick out just one rank, one ranking for each player, and then you put it in the new, which is sometimes you'll have a kid that's a compositely ranked higher than he's ranked by any individual service because he's consistently ranked by all the others where another kid may be ranked higher, but then another has them way down. So there, it will actually happen. It doesn't happen often, but you'll see times where a player is actually ranked higher on the composite than any individual ranking. And that's actually a good thing because that means everybody kind of sees that kid in the same light. Sure. Jacob Watson asked, do you think the 2023 class could potentially be the best DB class Notre Dame has had? I feel like that's our biggest weakness even more than wide receiver or quarterback. Um, uh, Jacob, I mean, we, we, we've talked about this a little bit and we're actually going to have an extra show this week talking about defensive back recruiting. I mean, the answer is no, I don't think that it's in the position right now, right? Like there's a lot of positions that we feel great about defensive line. We talked about quarterback, if they're able to land Dante more wide receiver, we're starting to feel really good about offensive line. Even we feel pretty good about where they are with a lot of people. I don't feel great about the cornerback position, especially because obviously you have Adon Schuler, you have Peyton Bowen. Peyton Bowen's a top 50 caliber player. Adon's a top 200, 200 caliber player in the country. So you're at a great spot safety wise. I don't know if they're going to be able to uh, to add another safety. I know, I know they would obviously like to with a guy like a Caleb Downs, but I'm just not sure if it's going to work out in that facet. But cornerback has me really worried because yeah. you have Justin Rett, top 100 player, obviously out of Las Vegas, Bishop Gorman, fantastic start to the class. But if you ask me right now, who are they favored for of any other corner? I, my answer would be zero. I know that right. they feel that they're a very good spot with Christian Gray. 
I don't feel as good about that one. Micah Tease, I feel like they would be maybe second right now to Oklahoma. But again, I don't think that they were first in that conversation as well. They're going to keep recruiting him. They're going to keep recruiting Braxton Myers out of Texas, but I don't feel great about that at all. So I am I am honestly very worried about cornerback recruiting. Safety is very good, off to a good start. Justin Rett's a really good top 100 player at the cornerback spot. But I just think that you're just not in a great position right now for an ex- another corner or two. They got to close. Yeah, they yeah. got to close. They've got to close on a Micah Tease. You know, they, they've got to get another big-time corner. And I, I would say if you just separate it, just safety, then you can say, yeah, this is the best safety do. The, they, if they can keep these two kids, this is the best safety really do they've had in a while. Well. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, you could maybe go back to the Derek Allen-Houston Griffith tandem of 2018 to, from a ranking standpoint to find one that's close. And I think this group would probably end up being better than that. Uh, MB says, hey, guys, say Buck, Tyler Buckner earns a starting job and has a phenomenal season. Would that drastically hurt Notre Dame's chances of getting, of getting Dante Moore or help as it shows Tommy can develop quarterbacks without being handicapped? Uh, number one, helps a ton. I'm going to refer back to what I said earlier. Most great players are not afraid of competition, number one. Number two, uh, Dante has been told by Notre Dame that they have high expectations for Tyler Buckner. That's part of the selling point, which is you know he, we're going to get started and you're going to build on that. Uh, and they're two years apart. I mean, Dante will be a freshman when Tyler Buckner's a junior or, you know, so, so there's, um, you know, that, that, that it's just kind of a different deal. I think if anything, again, it helps. It definitely helps with that. Most great players do are not afraid of competition there. There's no doubt about that. Uh, also from John Arundel, do we need to blare the alarm bells if Dante Moore doesn't commit or will we still be in a good spot with Vizina? Listen, I hope everybody understands. I know a lot of people thought Dante Moore did not come to Notre Dame from everything we've been told from both sides of this, Dante did not come to Notre Dame this Monday and Tuesday with the intention of committing, nor do we think there's any plan of that, nor do we think Notre Dame would push for that. Okay. Just let it play out. Okay. But he's not going to be committing like any kind of public fashion over these next couple of days. That was not the intention of this visit. Okay. So I know that people want that and get excited about that, but that was never, that was never the intention at this point in time. Couple more questions. Uh, Colin Park, Samuel Pemba, Drake Bone, and Jaden Osbury would be an insane linebacker group. And you got to throw Preston Zenter in there too, buddy. That's a four-star kid. He's a good football player, no question. Notre Damon asks: Would getting a verbal from Caleb Downs cause a Don Schuler or Peyton Bowen to decommit since they're in the same class? No, because the pitch that Notre Dame is giving to all three of those guys is: Look, we want to be a more of a three-safety defense. We want to be able to do things from a three-safety defense standpoint where we have three guys on the field that one's not a rover, but a traditional safety. So we can go cover and put range and handle some of these spread offenses like USC, like Oklahoma has been in the past, like Ohio state, like Clemson. And so that's the pitch is where, you know, who's going to play of that three up trio, all of them. And even when they're in their two safety looks, Notre Dame has shown under Marcus Freeman that they're going to rotate their safeties a lot, which is what they did this year. So you're all going to play. Somebody's going to look, it's like Kate Peyton and Nadon, right? When you get here, somebody's rotating in with you. No no one guy, even Kyle Hamilton came off the field. Somebody's going to rotate with you. So do you want it to be, you know, this guy or that guy, I think is the conversation. But the other part, as I said before, is most great players are not afraid of competition. They embrace it. Why do you think Alabama gets number one classes every year? If kids were afraid of competition and I don't want to go against this guy, then Alabama's not finishing with a top class every year. Georgia's not finishing with a top three class every year. Ohio State doesn't finish with highly ranked classes every year because kids would be afraid of competition. And it'd be kind of like, great one year, not the next. Great one year, not the next. And that's not the case. 
Sean S. with a super chat. Thank you, Sean. Is Notre Dame looking to 2024 now to land a top 30 DB? No, they're still recruiting guys like that in 2023. You know, I think Caleb, I think that as far as top 30, meaning of that position group, I mean, I think that's Micah Tease. I think that's Caleb Downs. I think that's Christian Gray, Braxton Myers. There's still guys on the board that are would fall into that category. They're still recruiting 2023, but they're also trying to get a head start on 2024, guys. Brandon asks, I really thought Traore was close to committing. Why is he not visiting anymore? Brandon, this is going to be more of a, of a, in my opinion, message board conversation. So I'd, I think I would appreciate it if you could kind of come to the board. I know you're a member of the board uh, and ask that question because it requires a little bit more of a nuanced answer. And there's some things I would say that I'm not necessarily comfortable saying in this type of format because there needs to be a bit of a back and forth on that one. So if you could post that question on the message board, I would greatly appreciate it. And then we can dive into it uh, a little bit further. Uh, and then I got a couple questions here from my guy, John A1. John says, what position has Notre Dame recruited the best the past four classes from 2019 to 2022? I would say the position that Notre Dame is – this is going to sound funny. I'd say the position that Notre Dame has recruited the best in that cycle – I think you'd have to say, boy, I'd have to, man, this is, I'm trying to think of how to say this the right way. I think it's, I think you'd have to say if either tight end and running back. I mean, think tight end, obviously, Notre Dame recruits as well as anybody, but, you know, you look at like running back, for example, in that stretch, they've gotten Kyron Williams. They've gotten Chris Tyree. They've gotten Logan Diggs. They got Chris, they got Kyron Williams in 2019. They got Chris Tyree in 2020. They got Logan Diggs, Audric Estime in 2021, and they got Jadarian Price in 2022. There's no misses there. There's been misses at quarterback. There's been misses at receiver. There's been misses on the, along the offensive line. There's been misses on the D line. There's been misses at linebacker. There's been misses in the secondary. The one position where Notre Dame has landed. Now, when I say miss, I mean like they finished with misses. Obviously, they missed on Will Shipley, but honestly, I fine with how the running back turned out in 2020 when you get Logan Diggs and Audric Estime. So, I mean, Kyron, Tyree, Logan, Audric, and Jadarian Price, that's as good of a stretch of recruiting as Notre Dame has had at running back for a while. And so I think I'd say that's probably the position. It's probably not the answer people were expecting, but I would say somebody put linebacker. I can't say linebacker because there were years they flat struck out at linebacker, didn't sign a single guy. So I can't go with linebacker uh, at this point in time. And uh, John Arundel asks, how much is it to join the message board? It's $4.99 for a month. It's $49.99 for a year. It is the best value you will find when you look at how much great content there is. It's cheaper than all the other places. They are offering deals that are cheaper now, but once your 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 kind of your you know your grace period ends or the the time for that deal ends, you're back to much higher than what we offer. So we try to keep it affordable. We actually had a thread on the message board of people asking it, that we could raise the prices because they want us to be able to do more. I'm not going to do that because I want to be able to have people like not, I don't have any intention anytime soon of raising our prices, especially with the way things are going in our country from an economy standpoint. There's still a lot of people hurting. Prices are soaring for everything else. We're not going to be part of that, right? Like inflation doesn't impact us the way it does you know there's no supply chain issues for me putting Notre Dame content out there so I can't justify raising prices in that regards and I want people to have a place where you know no matter what status you know what socioeconomic status you come from you can afford to be a part of our community so 
I know someday we'll ha- we'll up our prices. That's just the, the natural part of it. But we're always going to have the goal of trying to make this a, an affordable place, right, where people can go. What we are going to do, because we've had a lot of people ask to give more, which I find think is awesome. We're going to create, we have a booster package where if you want to just, you want to join for a year, but you want to give us a hundred bucks, 150 bucks, 200 bucks, we have a booster club. So you can join that way. And then that gives us money. It comes right to us. So it's not a super chat where Google takes 35% of the cut. We're also going to create sort of a, you know, a friends of IB package where if you want to pay more per month, you want to be a monthly membership, but you want to pay a couple of dollars more per month to help out IB, you can join that way too. So we'll have some of that stuff going soon, but uh, from our base, our base package is not going to change. Uh, I want this to be, we've always said, we want this to be a bit of an escape from the world. And if I just start jacking up, our, look, we're doing okay. We're still turning a profit. We just had March and April of two, uh, notoriously the two worst months of the year. And when it comes to generating revenue for a site like ours, and we turned a profit both months. So, uh, you know, we start having a string of months where we're not turning a profit, then I'm going to have to make a business decision to up our prices. But Honestly, folks, ever since we launched launched the message board, we've turned a profit every single month to the point where I was able to go hire Sean and hire Ryan. And so, um, you know, I'm not one of those people that this is my personal decision, my personal opinion. Like, I don't do this to to maximize the most amount of money I can make. I do this because I love what I do. I do want to make money and be able to support my wife and, and live a good life. But it's more important about the community we build is even more important to me than making sure I'm doing everything possible to maximize every penny. And I also believe if you truly do want to maximize your profit ability, I think that there's a two ways to do it. One is to raise prices. The other is to say, hey, look, I, I want to make more money, but I want to do it because we get more people to join, we get more people to be a part of this community as opposed to jacking the price. I've always believed in that. And, you know, it's going to be, but with the way things are going right now with our economy and just everything going on, I just, I couldn't justify raising prices right now because I'd have none. Uh, you know, I mean, my mortgage hasn't gone up and, you know, I know food's gone up and gas and all that, but I work out of my house and, you know, it's just, it's just, we're not there yet. So we're going to, we're going to continue to offer the the great low rate that we have. And, and we're going to continue, we were always going to have the mantra that this is a, this is a place where if you can't afford a subscription, you're still going to have Irish breakdown content, free articles, free podcasts, all that stuff. If you're someone who wants to support us, but you don't have a lot to give, you're going to have an option here. And if you're someone who does have more to give and you want to give more, you have options to do that too. Uh, but I feel like if you make it higher to where it's, it becomes like what I've complained about Notre Dame, which is like, you know, you can't complain about the atmosphere of the games when it's like you've priced yourself out of a lot of, you know, a lot of family members being able to go when you consider, well, oh, ch- tickets only cost this, but yeah, it's this much to park and food. It's like $9 for a drink, you know, all these different things. We want to make sure that this is a, a place that everyone can can afford to be a part of, and and we're going to put out content that makes you want to want to be able to pay all, whatever hard or you know all your hard earned money, uh, whatever you're willing to give or able to give. We want you to be able to give that, but have options for people. So uh, if you want to pay more, give you options to pay more. It's like people tax people say, hey, you should raise tax. Wait, if you want to pay if you want to pay more in taxes and pay more in tax, no one's stopping you, right? But some people can't or don't want to, and that's kind of how I kind of look at this. So. Um, Really appreciate everybody being a part of what we did today. This was a really, really fun show. Um, really, really fun. And so I'm, I'm going to go jump on the message board now. We got some articles we got to produce. I got a feed. I got a Dante Moore film breakdown on the met on the front page of the site. So 
go into great detail. There's some clips. There's a, like three videos with about two minutes each of some clips of Dante so you can see what he brings to the table. Super, super talented player. Uh, but I kind of explain like what makes him so good, right? Like we all know Dante's really good, but what makes him so good? And that's kind of what that article talks about. I also have an article uh, about on the front page and I'm putting a link to the show or, or to the website in the description box below. Uh, but the other thing about it, we have an article on, on Jason Moore, how he is the key to Notre Dame having an elite class defensive line class in 2023. He is the key. They have to get Jason Moore. Uh, and we talk about that as well. Ryan has his mailbag up and we'll have some 2024 updates coming up later on the show as well. And of course, if we get any intel on Dante Moore and how the visit's going, that's going to go up on the message board at Irish Breakdown, the premium message board at Irish Breakdown. So you will have to be a member to kind of get that intel. And until then, we'll be back tomorrow at 1230. Uh, Ryan is trying to set up a couple of guests for NFL Draft Talk this week, including a former Notre Dame player we're hoping to get on. And then also a, one of the one of our favorite draft analysts, uh, Ryan and I both's favorite draft analysts we're going to have come on here very, very soon. Read that away. Message board is definitely worth the price. Join up. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate that very, very much. So anyway, we have uh, Alberto, our buddy from Spain, just sending a super chat in euros. Keep up the great work. Definitely the best deal in the business for information on all things Notre Dame. Appreciate, appreciate you, Alberto. Alberto is part of our, also part of our Irish Breakdown premium forum. So we appreciate that very, very much. Jeffrey Hudgens, as I joined just last week and regret not doing it earlier. Appreciate that very much very very much everybody have a great rest of your day thanks for being patient with us i think you guys can understand why i was late i was on campus you know uh being there for when uh, dante arrived but it was definitely definitely worth it and uh, thank everybody for being part of our show today for ryan i'm brian sean was here today too as uh, on campus with me uh for for dante's thing drove in from chicago so he's on his way back from that as well I know he will be going live later today on the Lucky Lefty podcast, so check that out as well. So everybody have a great rest of your day, and we will talk to you all again very, very soon. Thank you for joining the Irish Breakdown Podcast.